It's planting season, and it's not too late to make sure your crops grow up fed and happy. Regardless of your spring crop, Fed and Happy offers a variety of worm-casting solutions in liquid and solid form to supercharge your soil, your yields, and your profitability. For fast, vibrant germination and seedling growth, mix your seed with Fed and Happy's screened granular castings pre-drilling. The Fed and Happy liquid seed treat and extracts offer the ideal mix of soluble solids loaded with living beneficial biology, mycorrhizal fungi, humates, and more. The Fed and Happy small spreadable castings are ideal for fast, easy soil incorporation. The large offer long-term stability and soil growth. But you don't have to figure this out on your own. Just call 833-GO-WORMS to speak with our farm team experts for a fast turnaround on a custom solution for your needs. Fare better against pests, disease, drought, and other potential hazards this season with Fed and Happy Worm Castings. Visit FedandHappy.com for a healthy harvest and any lawn, garden, and tree care needs. Available for pickup and on-farm delivery. That's F-E-D-N-Happy.com. Or call 833-GO-WORMS. Happy planting. Welcome. You're listening to Casually Baked, the podcast. Home base for the can of curious. Thanks for tuning in. It's high time. We had a high time. Together. Together. Yes, it's high time. We had a high time. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, your host and Cannabis Lifestyle Guide. Today, I'm sharing a rainy day chat I had with David Salve, one of my favorite entrepreneurs in the Calgary cannabis scene. Dave and I discuss creating responsible cannabis-infused products and trusted brands. We riff on less is more and the importance of experimentation as both consumers and entrepreneurs. We also explore the power of perspective. And keeping an open mind. So go ahead, find yourself a cozy spot to consume and settle in. It's time to get casually baked. I got the bottle of wine, the high dollar kind. I got the West Coast smoke, but I better just take Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me over for coffee on this dreary Calgary morning. Thanks for coming. I mean, this is Calgary. You kind of get what you get. You can't plan for it. So thanks no. for coming. Yeah, totally. Your place is super cozy. And, you know, yesterday we had a cold garden party. Yeah. Um, that was just a great mix of different people in the cannabis community here. Awesome. Um, I'm sorry you weren't able to be there and join us. I know you, you have a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah, I was working last night. I was on the late shift. So uh, that's my day job. I run some bars called Leopold's Tavern. So we got uh, 10 bars now. It's a really awesome kind of dive bar style. So that, that really keeps me busy. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing in the cannabis space. You were very endearing to me when I met you because whenever I asked you what you did, it was really challenging because you have a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. And, you know, not to sound distracted because there is a little bit of method to the madness, but we do have a lot of different things going on. So, so I guess I should start you first and foremost, 
um, we got a distribution play in Saskatchewan. And so it's a little different in Saskatchewan than the other provinces where it's taken more of a liquor model where you have reps. So we're a wholesaler okay. for cannabis in Saskatchewan, whereas typically, you know, in Alberta, you would have to go through the AGLC who distributes to your retailers. Yeah, which is so weird to me. So all these dispensaries... A certain day of the week, they all go online, they see what product is available, and they try to grab it, be the first one to grab the stuff they want. Yeah. And then, and that's how it's distributed. That's so weird to me. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's actually, again, it's very similar to the liquor model. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that happens with specific products in the booze space, too. So Saskatchewan, you know, it is the same in a sense in that they do have to place their order, um, but we get to go and distribute and educate uh, the staff, which, you know, maybe right now doesn't, isn't a necessity, but as you add product types and product categories, education, like, you know, becomes ever more important. Mm -hmm. And so having someone who can help educate that staff to differentiate products, yeah. uh, is really, really crucial. So, well, and it just makes sense because you think about, you know, other sales models in the medicinal pharmaceutical world, like, you know, these reps go out and talk to the doctors and they're, you know, pushing different products. It makes sense to have somebody who's knowledgeable about cannabis go into a dispensary and be like, listen, this is what's available right now, but like, this is the primo shit. Like, exactly. this is the stuff you want on your shelf. Exactly. And then you have something different than everybody else. Because mm -hmm. here you pretty much see all the same licensed producers in all of the stores. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, uh, also a supply issue right now. We haven't had our micros integrate into the scene yet. So I think that product diversification is going to come. And by that, the micros, you mean these micro grows, these, these small craft growers, the guys that okay. you, people like you and I really want to see on the market. Right, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, and even, you know, in Saskatchewan, it's even more paramount to have a sales force because everything's spread out there. You know, they got mm -hmm. just over a million people versus the city of Calgary has over a million people. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you need to have those relationships at a ground level and, and yeah. you need to have someone who can go out to Weyburn or to Warman, Saskatchewan, you know? Yeah. Right on. So that's one of them. Yes. <laughs> so through that, actually, we brought on the Canador. So, you know, we're really focused on building a portfolio of goods that, that help to normalize cannabis. Yes. So things that, that you can have sitting on your coffee table, you know, um, products that your mother can take. And so that's really, really what we like to stand behind. And so Canador fits really well into that. So this is a humidity controlled storage box, mm -hmm. um, all mahogany on the inside. So it's a neutral wood. So you don't nice. get any flavor transfer. So that yeah. cheese that you have yeah. still smells like cheese when you take it out. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so that's yeah, us. Open so that up. I'll open crank that. this open and I'll just pop off. So this is our vapor beads. So this is a two way humidity control. So really what it's doing is pushing and pulling uh, humidity into the atmosphere. So we want to keep our cannabis right be between 55, 60 RH. So that's going to do that for us. When this goes white, we know it's time to rehydrate it. You give it a little shake yeah. in distilled water and you're good to go. Right on. I've upgraded for a bit bigger bead system in Calgary because I'm sure you've noticed how dry it is. Oh here. <laughs> my gosh. I cannot drink enough water to keep it's myself crazy. hydrated. Yeah, it is nuts. Yeah, for and sure. And I love the way that looks. I mean, you know, I have a variety of chemo bars that I like to keep. And, you know, I'm 
also a bit OCD and I like want everything to be organized and I want all of my jars to look the same. And so when I first saw that, I'm like, yeah, I need to. And we got up to eight, nine strings. So. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I may need a bigger one. I think someone like you needs a nine <laughs> string for sure. For sure. Yeah. So, so that's one of the products that fits in. And, you know, I got onto this whole distribution uh, play actually through the Leopold's through the bar. Um, and our product really fits into it. So we're more cannabis. We're a processor. We're okay. early stage. So there's a lot that's, that's happened in the landscape, uh, licensing wise, specifically for the micros, um, mm-hmm. some really, really onerous costs mm-hmm. for yeah. someone like us to come in now that seems like, you know, we're, we're supporting big business. We're kind of pushing the little guys down, which happens, you know, early right. on. Um, but you have to have your facility fully built out now before you can even apply for your license. And so that adds some challenges when you're looking at a couple million dollar facility, no cash flow. What do we do? Right. right. Um, so we're building out a portfolio of products and looking at doing a, a kind of an, a unique, interesting approach to getting our products to market. And, and that goes through this distribution channel that we're continuing to create. So I like that. You feel hamstrung a lot when you are in the space as a real creator, as somebody who is in the culture, you love cannabis, you're trying to destigmatize and normalize our culture. And then you know you're like fighting an uphill battle against these people that have fuck you money. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, okay, you know, how how am I gonna do this? So I like you're getting scrappy, getting creative. Trying to keep it lean, you know? Yeah. That's the only way to do it for little guys like us. And and you know, I think you and I talked about it before. There's a lot of people raising a lot of money. There's tons of hype in the space, you know. Not, not many of those people have been very efficient or responsible with how they deploy that capital. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want that. You know, we want to, we want to be smart. We want, when we take people's money, we want to know that we're turning it into something else. Right. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah. So tell me more about more. I'll tell you more about more. So how do we get more started, <laughs> I guess? Um, so more actually started with the honey product that you're drinking right now. Yes. Now, this is obviously about the millionth iteration of it. And we learned a lot of lessons on the way, but it's a raw honey. Um, and that's kind of what started us in the sense that we were trying to find a medium that was more approachable. Um, a lot of people were doing edibles. That's great. We wanted something for maybe an older generation. My mother, my mom's friends, you know, friends, grandparents, really people that were kind of complaining about geriatric issues that they were yeah. getting, but were too scared to go talk to someone, even at a therapeutic level. So not necessarily their doctor, but someone who could give them some advice. Um, and so that's kind of where we came in. Um, the whole company is really focused around low dose usage, which mm-hmm. I think we'll dive into a little later. Yeah. Um, and that's what, that's what our motto is. Less is more. None of us benefit from off-putting a user or a potential user. You know, Absolutely. we all have a duty in this industry to be responsible and create products that are responsible. Um, and so we want to create repeat customers, I guess you should yeah. say, but people who can use fancy that exactly therapeutically <laughs> and improve their lives. You know, yes. um, we're not so much in this for a profit. And if you looked at my bank account, the amount of money I spend on cannabis, you would realize it's not a profit goal for us. <laughs> it's more just to share the plant and, and to, to expose people to, you know, really what's going on here because we need a perspective change in the world right now. Absolutely. I was at a party probably four months ago 
I didn't know anyone there. I was a guest of a guest. Mm -hmm. So I almost felt like I was crashing this birthday party. And people were asking me who I was, what I did. And these three older women had overheard me. And when I finished, they're like, um, Miss Marijuana, can you come over here, please? <laughs> it's kind of endearing, hey? I know, it was so cute. And so they were all telling me they had trouble sleeping. They're like, when you get old, you can't sleep anymore. Mm -hmm. And they had been experimenting with cannabis. And one of the problems that they had was maybe taking a little too much and then having to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and then feeling really nervous that they were about to fall down. Like it is important, especially for newbies and for that older senior community mm -hmm. to feel really confident to explore different products. Yeah, they have to, and they have to trust a brand, right? Um, that's the one thing that's been challenging in, in Canada right now is we've kind of taken out that branding side of things and treating, we're treating this like tobacco. Yeah. And so, you know, in, in order to have a customer come in and see and know, oh, this is more or oh, this is seven acres, you know, it's not as loud as it needs to be. And there's multiple issues that come from that, not just on the consumer side, but on the separating ourselves from the black market side. I mean, mm -hmm. How do you really show how good your product is and how much better it is than those black market products that are at half a quarter of the price unless you can tell that story? Well, and those black market products, they're in like pretty slick packaging. And Very so, slick packaging. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, you're like, you feel more of a pull to mm -hmm. some of the products that you're going to see on the black market than you do when you're looking at all of the sterile packages in the actual retail cannabis store. Exactly. It feels very nefarious when you're reaching for one that looks like a cigarette pack, doesn't it? Yeah. With all the warnings on There's it. more warnings. Yeah. I mean, there's some, all, I'm looking at them all over your place. Yeah. That's just a reminder for me. Hey, Yeah. I'm hoping this, these cases that I'm keeping from the early days in 10 years are very obsolete. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, it's pretty sad. And I hope that cannabis 2.0 in Canada. I hope they they pick that up pretty fast. Yeah. So, I mean, 2.0 is kind of coming in the sense this fall um, with our edibles legalization, edibles yeah. and concentrates. Now, are we going to see the market actualize right off the bat? I highly doubt it. It's going to be another couple of years before mm -hmm. we really start to see that market grow and create itself. But it's coming. It's coming. And these small steps are what it takes. Yeah. So will the honey be ready to launch by the end of the year? No, but multiple reasons for that. The The biggest is, is that again, we're concerned at, at pushing too soon. We're, we're two steps into a marathon right now, barely even two steps in, yeah. I would say. And so we're concerned about sitting on capital and, um, our product has a lot of nuance to it. Um, I told you it is raw mm -hmm. and some of the beverage that we're making, uh, they are fermented. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of probiotic and microbial action going on there. Mm -hmm. So we have some hesitance to uh, whether or not Health Canada is going to approve those really unique product categories right off the bat. We're a full plant extract, which means there's a lot of compounds that they're not used to seeing in there. Whereas a lot of these people are using distillates um, or isolates. And so this... There's a whole whole whack that I would love to talk about with that the full plant extract on top of that. But yeah, I think our products might be a little longer for the government to get comfortable with. Yeah, yesterday at the garden party, someone said, what do you think's, you know, going to be the most popular isolate? Or I was like, no, full spectrum. What are you even talking about? This isn't even a conversation. It's hard to listen to, isn't it? <laughs> 
And and someone said it in in an information session we were in the other day, and it's like, guys, you just just read a tiny tiny bit, educate yourself a tiny little bit on the entourage effect, mm-hmm. and, and you know, um, I think that's a huge issue that people have is we constantly gravitate towards isolation. And, you know, isolation causes a lot of issues, even, you know, from a mental perspective, if you look at isolating a thought and you ruminate on that thought, that's how you cause stress, depression, anxiety, right? I think we need to look at those parallels into the cannabis industry as well. I like that perspective. I haven't thought of it like that before, but I totally dig that. You're exactly right. Mm Yeah, it's a human trait, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of these human characteristics that you see carry over into products. And it's like, guys, look at the big picture. Yeah, right. I love to say it is not a game of checkers. This is a game of chess. <laughs> Very much so. You know, it's yeah. not that one decision right in front of you. Like, let's let's reel it in and look big picture. So yeah. let's talk now thinking of that, you know, with this whole less is more concept. Mm-hmm. You know, when we are trying to help people think about that big picture, you know, I loved sharing the information with people that, those that use a small dose of cannabis every day have a lower body mass index than those who don't. Interesting. Barely keeping that, you know, that micro dose in yeah. your system yeah. really helps your metabolism. And I know that there are so many other things that cannabis helps when you recognize that less is more mentality. Yeah, nootropic usage, right? And there's a list of nootropic drugs that we're learning about now, um, all the way from psychedelics to, I believe, you know, caffeine and Adderall are on there. Um, But again, nootropics, uh, it's not using that hero dose, you know, it's finding that sweet spot that's underlying where you're really enhancing your performance without having all the the side effects that can come from overuse. Right. So when we were talking the other day, we're, we're saying, okay, there's the micro dose, the low dose. You know, yeah, and the high yeah, dose, totally. and then probably the mega dose. The hero dose. Yeah, is what I do mean. like the, <laughs> yeah. the hero dose. The hero dose. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, I'm not a hero. The, no, <laughs> not yet. Not yet, but maybe a I cannabis mean, Mary, hero one yeah, day, right? Yeah, Mary gave me a bunny that could make me a hero. I think that 140 <laughs> milligrammer could do the trick, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to give you the disclaimer. I'm no scientist here. I, I might look like a mad scientist, yes. but um, I think that my real differentiation is, you know, microdose versus low dose. Microdose, you shouldn't feel. Um, microdose, you should get to the end of the day and think kind of, oh, wow. I had a really productive day or that day went really well. A low dose you can feel underlying. So it's kind of there, but it's not. But but I think micro is just that. You cannot feel it. It's a pin drop. I appreciate that. And I think that's a good way to explain it to mm-hmm. new people. Quite a few people, their low dose might be 2.5 milligrams. Yeah. And so there's not a micro dose on the market for them. Yeah. You know, if you're that new... But if you've been in the industry, you have consumed for a long time. Like for me, I would say five milligrams would be a micro dose for me. Yeah. 10 milligrams would be a low dose for me. Yeah. And I, I think I'm about a two and a half micro. And then I would say five to 10 is low for me. My mom, two and a half, and she is having a good time. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, when I had my genetics done, I had an endocannabinoid panel. And so I was able to learn like... I have less CB1 receptors than an average person, and I metabolize THC faster. Therefore, it doesn't affect me as much. Like, I don't get as high as someone else. Your keyholes are shrunk. 
Yeah, totally. I got to get one of those. I didn't know you could do that. Oh yeah, it's so cool. I mean, it really does help me figure out how to use cannabis for wellness mm-hmm. in a way that works with my life. And that's what I like to teach people to do mm-hmm. as a cannabis lifestyle guide is, okay, you tell me where your day's breaking down. Yeah. And I'll tell you the method of consumption that might work for you, some different strains to try out, you know, and and then after that, it's just a grand experiment. I mean, there's what, 500 plus phytochemicals going on in that plant and the combinations thereof are, so it is, it's a, it's go try it, you know, Mm -hmm. find something you like. And that's why I love this like sniff test Mm -hmm. because it smells good to you probably gonna like it yeah yeah because there are some you know you're completely repulsed by it it's like yeah that's not your flower and you just keep smelling until you find that one that feels super savory and like yes this is the one and mine you know i love like if it's got a berry flavor to it then i know it's going to make me feel good i'm not going to you know kind of have that uh, what was I doing? Where, yeah, like, where, where am I? What's going on? Yeah. You know, like that kind of thing that I can get from something that's got, you know, high terpenaline in it. Does limonene do that to you as well? Or Limonene makes me a little racy. Yeah. At first I thought it was pinene, but it, um, alpha pinene and beta pinene, those, they're really good for helping you stay focused. Yeah. So, you know, it was some experimentation on my part to be like, okay, which one is it that's making me feel super racy? Yeah, totally. And you got to be comfortable experimenting. And that's, I think it's such an unknown for people right now. You know, a lot of people, it's crazy how this propaganda has actually worked. And you see it with all different categories of drugs, but it's like people just need to get a little more comfortable experimenting and realizing that the the worst that's going to happen is you're going to wake up tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's maybe going to be a bit of an adverse kind of yeah, few hours. Might, yeah. Yeah. You might you might get a little nervous. You might want to yeah. keep one foot on the floor for yeah, a while. Yeah. Toss your spacesuit on because who knows? But you're coming back to Earth after. Yeah, that's the truth. And it is that thing that you have to remind people: like no one's ever died from this. Totally. You know, it, it's versus that's alcohol. not how this works. Or alcohol. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, versus but a again, lot of other stigmas and and. I tell my parents this all the time, you know, we are sheep and we got to stop following. We got to start asking some of these questions, you know, and because it's a lot harder to change a mindset after the fact. And that's where we're at. Absolutely. So what are some things that you do in your community to destigmatize cannabis? I mean, I think if you walk down the street, people would know me as kind of the cannabis guy, partially from the odor that comes off of my balcony about nine hours a day. Um, but I think, you know, just trying to expose people to it and, and to, to normalize it in the sense that, you know, you're going out for a cigarette, we're going to go out for a joint. Um, you know, at Leopold's, you know, we, we can't encourage, obviously, with the HLC um cannabis use, but we're very much focused on food and our, and our food program there too. So we are inclusive to our cannabis users. Um, just starting conversations, having conversations, right? Mm-hmm. That's all we need to do. A lot of times it's those hard conversations that are awkward or with someone who is very, very against cannabis, mm-hmm. but you have a chance to change that person's mind. So yeah, I, I mean, it's a daily thing for us. Yeah. And also not being a self-righteous asshole about it. You know what I mean? That like, helps. Like None of us know anything. Well, it's know? so many people are, you know, they can be 
cannabis nerds to a point where it's just, oh my, it's off-putting. And so if you meet somebody who's totally against it, like make a game out of it, figure out what that story is that you can tell that's going to help them change their mind. That's exactly it. And I mean, you sit in a room with like, you know, Jameson, Paul, really smart guys. And then you go sit in a room with Pete Shearer or someone from Seven Acres and it's like, whoa, what do I know? Right. So, I mean, we all got to humble ourselves and realize, you know, we can't be experts at everything. Mm-hmm. Try and focus in on your little niche and be an expert, um, but then be open-minded. Listen to people. Learn from people. Like, mm-hmm. we got to learn every single day or yeah. else we're not going to get anywhere. And I also think when we really listen to, you know, what those things are that people are saying that we still haven't gotten to them yet. They still haven't listened to the the actual science and the anecdotal evidence around cannabis. And it's our job to hear those and like figure out a way around those roadblocks. And how do we tell stories? How do we develop products? How do we do the things that we need to do to create this inclusive environment around cannabis? Totally. And, and that's actually another huge point. And we touched on it earlier, but you mentioned it again, is creating products that are responsible products, creating products that work towards normalization. So, you know, you look at some of the edible guidelines um, right now with, you know, 10 10 milligram packaging cap per Mm -hmm. package. Yeah, I mean, that's small for us. But if we want to see cannabis go towards a social consumption, say like alcohol, four, two and a half milligram drinks is really nice. Yeah, You know, you don't want 150 milligram drinks. Mm-hmm. So you, we have to start looking at it from the other side of the coin and, and start to find a way that we can create products that fit into a social habit yes. rather than just products that are what we associate with cannabis. Yeah. And especially products for people who do consider their wellness and they do really consider the products that they put in their body because so much out there is packed with sugar mm. to offset that taste that they're afraid that new consumer isn't going to like. Yeah. And that's, that's more. And we talked about is getting a quality extraction from your plant, getting rid of that chlorophylly taste that people so often associate with edibles. And we got to hide this, right? There's so much beautiful, you know, all the flavonoids in this. So I'm getting excited. I think we should I know, probably it's smoke like, this I know, shit. I know. Like, that looks like the, the move that we <laughs> There's so, so many, uh, so many compounds that are creating flavor and compounds that are present in other plants and, and other fruits or other things. So we need to find ways to highlight that. We don't need to mask it. We just need to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Things like I had someone who brought me some beef jerky and I was like, okay, this is a healthy snack. This is good. But I didn't like the execution. And I'm like, I like where you're trying to go there, but like they needed to create some sort of a dry rub out of it or whatever instead of just kind of being greasy. And so, I mean, like there are interesting experiments to be done around healthy snacks, you know, kombucha, you know, something, something. Totally. So I I don't want to give away the nest egg yet, but we are working on fermented beverages. Um, That's really what we see being valuable. Something that's not just a filler. It's actually doing something good for you. If you hang out a little longer after we finish today, I've got some new uh, fermented meat products coming, similar to a jerky. Oh. Um, I think we talked about the pep and cheds. Pep and cheds are, are really like a classic Canadian snack. So we got some pep I and know, cheds I coming I don't know out. anything yeah. about it. We got some pep and cheds coming and you can try them. They're infused. So you'll right. like it. 
That's fun. Well, so tell me, is there something going on or something that you're working on right now that, that you do want us to know about? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we're launching this soda project, uh, as a non-infused uh, first, because it is a really, really awesome product and we feel like it shouldn't be limited to, to cannabis users. Um, so check out, uh, overripe. We're coming soon. Overripe. You might not recognize it. It just says ripe, but you'll get it when you see it. All right. I dig yeah. it. Where are you going next? Well, we are working on some super secret casually baked video projects right now. So that's fun. I love it. And, but I've been traveling for a month and a half, so I have basically missed the whole summer in the Bay Area. So I'm gonna get back there in a couple of days. This isn't good enough for you? Yeah, I mean, it was for like a week, and then I'm like, what the fuck, Calgary, you shit the bed. Yeah, big time, <laughs> we get that a lot. <laughs> but no, I didn't get to make it to Banff this time, so I was a little bummed about that, but. That's all right, we got more visits. I think uh, we're gonna do a follow-up, aren't we? Yes. Next time yeah, we'll, yeah, plan, yeah. we'll plan it for a nice week. We'll go out to Banff, a couple hikes. Yeah. I really love the cannabis community here in Calgary. It's a fun group of people. They're energetic. They're like really going for it, you know, and it's a good time. Yeah. Calgary's known for that. It's, it's a very entrepreneurial climate. So, you know, junior oil and gas, that's, yeah. this is where it started. And so uh, we've got high hopes. There's a reason we're sticking around Calgary. We've got high hopes for the climate here for, for cannabis uh, companies. I like so. it. And, you know, being a Texas girl, is yeah. it the, what is it? The Dallas or just the Texas in We're the general. Texas and Canada, I think. Right. Yeah, totally. People's hair isn't big enough here to be Dallas. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's funny. <laughs> well, thanks for hanging out with me. Tell us like how where you want people to follow you on social, where like where are you directing people? Because you've got so much going on. So go check out Canador, uh, mycanador.ca, um, railwaydistributing.ca. We've got uh, morecannabis.ca. Holy, we are up to a lot. And if you're looking for a cold <laughs> pint, come check out Leopold's Tavern, leopoldstavern.com. Thanks so much and enjoy the rest of your travels. It's been awesome hanging out with you. Yeah, thanks. I don't know about you, but I feel like there was something for everyone in this podcast. Whether you're a can of curious, a cannabis enthusiast, or a budding entrepreneur, it takes a village to create a responsible cannabis culture that shines brighter than the stigma that's been clouding people's judgment for decades. If you're inspired by something you heard, I hope you'll use that as motivation to share this episode with your circle. You can find more about Dave, Railway Distributing, More Cannabis, and Canador in the Podcast 103 show notes at casuallybakes.com. And I'm super excited to announce to you pet parents that a podcast on cannabis and your fur babies is on deck. So stay tuned next week. We'll talk industrial hemp products, THC, CBD, and dosing for your cats, dogs, and horses. In the meantime, connect on social if you're into it. I'm at Casually Baked. And as always, submit your can of curious questions through the website at casuallybaked.com. This is a hot time. We had a hot time together. Casually Baked, the podcast, was created, recorded, and produced by yours truly. 
Editing and sound design are in the capable hands of Arnav Gupta. The podcast theme music is by my highly talented friend, Seth Walker. If you aren't familiar with Seth's music, you can find High Time on his album, Gotta Get Back, wherever you're buying your music these days. I know he didn't create High Time for me, but it sure as shit sounds like he did, right? I hope you'll tune in next time. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.